0: You are tuning in to the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. You know, we're, we're in a series just launching today. It's going to go for several months, and, and uh, there's different sub-series within it, but it's, uh, it's your best days. And, it, it, and the way it's said is it's our best days, but your best days, because if, if, if your best day and our best day, uh, corporately together, how many guys, if you're living your best day, our church has the best day too? Because you're the church. And so it's yours and it's ours and our best days, and I believe this. So I think there's three kinds of people in this world. I think there's those who who get up and they make it happen. Then there's those who wake up and go, what just happened? And then there's a third group of people that wake up and go, what happened? Like, what happened? You ever met those people? There's hope for you, okay? Uh, But today, we want to talk about how, how do we make our best days happen and not just let them happen. How do we make choices? How do we, how do we control? See, here's the thing. You can't, we can't control the cards we've been dealt in life, but we can't control how we play the cards we've been dealt. And I want to look at an Old Testament story today that's written in the New Testament. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 11. I want to look at a man named Moses. Most of us have heard about Moses and and uh the prince of egypt and and uh, maybe we saw that movie if we're if we're old enough we saw it um but uh in, in hebrews chapter 11 i want to start it'll be on the screen here as well as uh, uh the, the, the the notes if you have the you version bible app you can follow along with the notes right there as well is is it says this it was by faith that moses's parents hid him <laughs> how many guys would like to hide your kid You know what Mark Twain once said, right? Mark Twain said, when your kid becomes a teenager, put him in a barrel and feed him through a hole. And then Mark Twain says, when they turn 18, plug the hole. (laughs) I haven't tried that. I've got got three over 18-year-olds in my house, and they all love Jesus, and I uh, fed them through the hole. Um, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. In other words, they saw destiny dripping on their boy. And they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. And then it goes on, it says, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, say grow up. When he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now I want to pause here and kind of you on a window what's going on here. Uh, back in the, in the book of Genesis there's a man named Joseph who had dreams his brothers hated him his brothers sold him into slavery he was sold to some Ishmaelite traders and he was, t- he was taken to Egypt and he ended up working in Pharaoh's house and, and, uh, and then in the process of that whole thing, Pharaoh's wife accused him of adultery or of trying to rape her, and so he gets thrown in prison. He, he, he rises to the second in command within the prison, and, and while he's in prison, a couple people had dreams, and Joseph interpreted their dreams. So they knew, and, and one, of the, one of the persons he, he, he dreamed, interpreted the dream got out of prison, and years later remembered when Pharaoh had a dream, and no one could interpret the dream. He remembers that Joseph could, and so Joseph interpreted the Pharaoh's dream, and it was about there's going to be seven great years of harvest, and then there's going to be a great famine around, around the, the whole region, and sure enough, it happened, and he made Joseph in charge of that, and Joseph's family came and brought, bought wheat from them, the grain to take back to Israel, and, and in the process, Joseph asked and was given permission for his entire family to move from Israel to Egypt. And that's the Israelites, then through the famine, were allowed to eat and, and harvest and plant and crops. But over, over 140 years, they multiplied to over two million people. That's called fertile myrtles. Okay? That's called you know lots of babies, okay? And and so so there's two million Israelites living within Egypt. Now, how many you want to know if, if you're the king of Egypt or you're the pharaoh of Egypt and there's two million people who worship different gods than you worship and have a different value system that you value, all of a sudden you start to get insecure because if those people decide to put a war together or an army together, there's, there, there's a chance of some major conflict. And so he sends an edict out, kill every baby under the, a certain age. And that's when Moses' parents realized Pharaoh wants to kill our boy, but we think and we believe God has something special for our son. So they put him in a basket and, and, they, and they put him in the river, and, and the basket floats up to where Pharaoh's daughter is bathing, and Pharaoh's daughter adopts Moses, and Moses is raised in Pharaoh's home in, in, in Egypt as an Israelite boy. Now, uh, uh, and, and then the Bible goes on. It's So that's why it says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And then it goes on, and says this, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith, say faith, that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. Now I could take the next five weeks or five hours and just unpack those five verses. There's so much in there. It starts out with the faith of Moses' parents, and then it pivots to the faith of Moses. How many want to know, there's some things that as parents, we at times have to make choices and decisions that will shape the destiny of our kids? How many know that? Moses couldn't crawl himself as, as a couple months old. He couldn't crawl into a basket and float down a river and say, hi, be my mom. As parents, there's times we have to make decisions for our kids. How many of you guys let your kids make decisions on what time to go to bed every day? Aren't you glad we don't listen to our kids when they say, I don't want to? It's amazing. I have an eight-year-old son. And my daughters weren't like this, really. But my boys like, Dad, I got a good idea. What's that? Why don't I stay home today? And let's play games. I go, how about you go to school? and not play games but it'll be funner you know how how many want to know I don't listen to my son when he tells me he doesn't want to go to school I don't listen to my son when he wants to eat Lucky Charms breakfast lunch and dinner I also don't listen to my kids when they say they don't want to go to church I, I I I I I as a parent and we as parents how many want to know we as parents have to form and shape. And that's why the Bible says train up your child in the way they... But part of faith development is steering our kids in the direction when we understand and identify that God has grace and something special for them. How many want to know that out of all the swimmers that entered uh, the womb, only one made it to the egg? Which tells me that baby's fearfully... Your children are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? How many believe that? And we as parents... We don't let our kids tell us what's the best for their life because they're kids, and we're not foolish. We're wise enough to realize as parents, we don't advocate our relationship, our responsibility to be their parents. My, my, my daughter, uh, well, my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter's married, and that was, that was hard to walk her down the aisle. I don't know why I ever did that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I, I, I have a 21-year-old who just moved out. Um, but, but our kids know it, there's some values we have in the wifeful home, and one of them is if you're in the wifeful home, you don't have birthday parties, or you don't go to someone's birthday party on a Saturday night if it keeps you from church the next day. We've just, that's been a rule in our house. At times, there's been some conflict, but it's not conflict between my wife and I because my wife and I realize if our kids are in our house, we're their parents until they're grown-ups, and until they're grown-ups, we help them make the right decisions. And, 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 and so, so, as we see this, we, we see that, 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 that Moses' parents had a faith and they steered him. But we also realize at some point that Moses grew up and he began to make his own faith decisions. And that's the goal. We could do a whole parenting series, but we don't have time for that. It's just, it was by faith that Moses grew and he, he grew up and he refused. A, a mark of maturity. Is when we start making choices for ourselves. And today I want to talk about four choices that Moses made that are marks of some spiritual maturity, that are marks of growing up. Because I believe we can live our best spiritual days, are ahead of us if we learn how to make the right choices. So if you have your worship God and you're taking notes, four choices. Number one, I don't have time to unpack all of them in depth today. I wish I did. But but number one, he he refused to be defined by others. How many of you know we have a culture that's trying to allow and trying to shape shape us and mold us so we can think like them and act like them rather than beginning to say, I will refuse to allow other people to define me. Let me ask you this question. What in the world does it mean that he refused to be defined? He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh. What's daughter? What does that mean? It means he, ref- at some point, Moses came to a place where he decided, I have to know who I am. He had two choices. Do I pretend the rest of my life to be Pharaoh's grandson and have the wealth and the power and the prestige that comes with that? Or do I admit that I'm Jewish? Do I admit that I'm a part of God's chosen race? Do I admit that I'm I'm a son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He came to that place, and friends, I wanna propose to you, we all have that same challenge. It says, are we going to fake it and be what the world tries to tell us we are? Or do we come to a place where we say, no, I will be defined by my relationship with the God whose God is mine? Which one would you choose? Who are you letting define your identity? Moses refused to live a lie. This is what the Bible says about this. In Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, he says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't let social media, don't let competition, don't let other people out there and their ideologies that, that, that don't have a biblical framework or worldview to go by, don't let them squeeze you into their mold, but let God, say God, remold you Remold your mind from within so that you may prove in practice what God's plan is for the good. Don't let the world mold you. Rather, be morphed into the image of God. Moses says it this way in Exodus later on after he leads them out of bondage. He says, don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. Decide. Who are you going to be? I love what Paul says in Thessalonians. Our purpose is to please God, not people. How many know we live in a world it's easy to please people? How many like disappointing people? Raise your hand. You like disappointing. You live to disappoint people. I mean, I I, am a leader. I like everyone liking me. That's what you know, but I can't live my life hoping everyone likes me. I guarantee you, I'm gonna make a decision this next year that's gonna offend some of you. I'm gonna say something wrong, and you're like, I can't believe you said that. I had people leave my church once because I made fun of. (laughs) Never mind. Because I don't want you to leave. Okay, it was about essential oils, but never mind. All right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Number two, second choice that, uh, that, that, that Moses made was he chose short-term pain over long-term gain. He chose short-term pain. I, I, I love this verse. It says, Moses chose to be mistreated. Now, I don't know about you choosing mistreatment. Sign me up for that. No. Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than. See, when you make a choice, there's a choice between one or the other. One is, I will choose, he chose to be mistreated for a season rather than to enjoy, what does the Bible say, the pleasures of sin For a short season. Look at me, friends. Do you realize sin is fun? The Bible says it. It's not like like the Bible says, oh, sin's no fun. That's why people sin, because it's actually fun. For a season. I prayed with someone over the phone this last week whose son used to have drugs until drugs got a hold of his son. And now, now, now he's facing probably 15, 20 years. Sin's fun for a season until sin has you. See, there's this thing called sin, and it's oh so fun and oh so fulfilling, but then, uh-oh, you once had it, now it has you. Sin's fun. And and he chose the short term pain for long term gain. See, here's the deal. I've taught my kids this for years, and students and and, and people have interned. And and you've probably heard me say before there's there's two pains in life there's the pain of discipline, and there's the pain of regret. Anyone love the pain of regret? See, here's the reality. Both pain and regret have a high tuition. Or discipline and regret. Discipline and regret have a high tuition. There's an upfront tuition for discipline. You pay for it at the time. There's a back-end tuition for regret. You go for the pleasure now, but then you have the regret of the addiction, or you need deliverance, or the life-controlling pattern of behavior, and go, if I only would have had more discipline, I wouldn't be stuck over here in the difficult situation. And Moses had to choose, do I want the mistreatment for a season with a promised land on the other end, or do I want the pleasures knowing I'm not living my destiny the rest of my life? See, there, there, there's five uncomfortable spiritual facts on your notes I want to walk through real quick. And, uh, uh, and so tonight, today, I'm actually going to walk through like, like nine key points in 30-some minutes, which, is, which maybe you're going to walk away and go, why does he always try to do too much? Number one, here's an uncomfortable spiritual fact that all of us online or here, here in the auditorium have to deal with. We are as close to God as we choose to be. We're as close to God as we choose to be. If you are far from God today, it is not God who moved. It's you who moved. You're as close. Draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. Number two, we can't live off anybody or somebody else's spiritual commitment. You want to know about God? God has sons and daughters in heaven. He doesn't, he doesn't have grandkids. You will not go to heaven someday because your parents dedicate you as a baby or you got sprinkled in a Catholic church. You'll go to heaven because you have a personal relationship with Jesus. You can't live off of someone else's spiritual commitment. Number three, you can't blame anyone else for the direction of your life. Well, I got offended by a church and so because I got offended, I quit going to and I just kind of fell away from God. You can't blame them. You can't blame anybody else. Now here's the truth. People will hurt you. People will probably at times harm you. People will scar us. But, but, no, but, but no one can ruin our life. It's our life. We have to take ownership and responsibility for our life. Satan can't ruin our life unless we allow him to. See, here's the the thing, and I said it earlier. You can't control the cards you were dealt if life was blackjack and you walked in here and someone dealt you two cards or three cards. You can't control the two cards you're dealt, but you can control how you play those cards. You can't pick your family of origin, but you can pick your future eternal destiny. You can choose how you play. Yes, yeah, some of you had difficult situations growing up, and there was things that were robbed and stolen and abuse and harm and hurt and all those things. But guess what? Our choice is far more important than circumstances. We're a product of our past but we're not a prisoner of our past. Number three, number four, we are free to make our choices, but we're not free from the consequences of our choices. You pick your choice. Well, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna live my life this way, great. But there, the Bible says, God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows, he will. That's a biblical principle. You plant carrots in your, in, your, in your garden, you get carrots. You plant peaches, they don't grow. It's Alaska. We're free to make choices, but we're not free from the consequences of those choices. If you are living with consequences today, friends, Paul, I, 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 Moses, Moses said, I will choose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than. The choice is a pleasure over here. And number five, the fifth fifth thought on on, on uncomfortable spiritual uh, uh, facts is we will have pain in our life. We'll have pain. You know, when people say, oh, if you give your life to Jesus today, God's gonna take all your problems away. Really? No. We live in a fallen, broken world. And sin is ugly, and people are broken, but God is good. And there's going to be pain. In fact, I, I, in fact, we should reframe this and, and realize pain isn't bad. Pain could actually be a motivator to, to, to help us become all that God has called us to become. In fact, in fact, it says in Romans, it says, "We can have joy in our trouble. Because we know that these produce, these troubles produce patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. Anyone want hope? Anyone want character? Pain produces those things. There's something. In fact, Francis Chan, not not Francis Chan, um, there's a a book written by um, uh, uh, a gentleman, last name's Chan, I forget the first name right now, who wrote a book, Samuel Chan who wrote a book called Leadership Pain, and he talks about how pain is incredible. Without pain, you, 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 wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have anything to protect you from burning yourself, from cutting your finger off and bleeding to death. Pain is good. We need pain, and how to leverage pain rather than run from pain. I, 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 Paul also said this, these present troubles are quite small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. See, here's the reality. Here's the reality is, is, is Moses chose. He chose to have momentary pain for a, for a long-term gain. The problem is we don't like to f- delayed gratification in America. We want it now. So we buy what we don't need to impre- with money we don't have to imp- on a credit card that we'll pay for at some point to impress people we don't even know, and if we knew them, we might not like them. And so we, 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 we make these choices rather than, and that's why when someone attacks us, rather than realizing it's wisdom to be patient and to overlook an offense like it says in Proverbs, you know what we do? We attack back. It's easier just to kind of not, not, not deal with the pain, but just attack back. It's easier when we criticize us, we criticize back. It's easier if someone hurts us not to forgive them and to kind of kind of let that irritate than to deal with the process of becoming all God. We, so momentary let's, 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 let's embrace the momentary pain for the long-term outcome. Moses teaches us that. The, the third thing Moses teaches us is Moses teaches us that we that that, uh, um, that we choose what God, we, we have to choose what God values, not what culture values. We have to choose what God values, not what culture values. Uh, in, in verse twenty-six, it says Moses regarded disgrace. I mean, how many of us regard disgrace? Like we we want to we, we want to guard we want to have disgrace in our. He, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value. Say value than the treasure of Egypt. because he was looking ahead to his reward. How many want to know there's, there is a day beyond our earthly existence? In fact, let me say it this way. There was a day you didn't exist. But the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb, and we believe that, that life happens at conception. And the moment that, that, that conception happens, there's a life there, and that is an eternal being. You're an eternal being that has an expiration date on a temporal part of your life. That's who we are. And Moses chose to realize that that, that the momentary, that that, that that that, that I'm gonna regard disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than all that Egypt has to offer because I'm looking forward to not just my pleasure now, but I'm looking forward to all that I get experience in heaven someday with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because I'm I, I am blood bought, Christ centered, God governed, and heaven headed. And and, and and because of that, he chose what God values over what culture. The problem is, is how many of us pick what culture says is important? That's why you have to know what the Word of God says. Because if you know what God says, you know what He values. If you know what He values, you can begin to value what God values. How many want to know God values things differently than the world values? What is a profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You know what the world values? The lust of the flesh, my my pleasure, my desires, the lust of the eyes, what, what I can grab, what I can take. And, and 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 power that's not God God values in fact I, I want to ask you a question how many of you guys have written down your values what are your values my wife and I have five children and my wife and I have written down things we value and those values drive us not the world's values In fact one thing one of the values my wife and i've always valued is 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 we, we we've never valued money and we've never valued the location of where we live although we feel spoiled that we live in alaska in fact we feel very spoiled we live in fairbanks the arctic narnia of the world if you don't feel the same way as me i apologize you have not experienced what i experience this is narnia but we've never made decisions, my wife and I wrote this down years ago, we never made decisions based upon what a place could pay us, we've never made a decision based upon where the location is, we've made a, a decision based on vision and the heart and the vision of what God's called us to do. And that drives us. One day, I remember we're driving down the hill, and my wife and I, before we moved to Fairbanks, lived in Anchorage, Ancaragua. And we're driving down the hill and, and my daughter, we, 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 we were on a very limited budget. I didn't make much money in my job and my, mom, my wife was a stay-at-home mom at the time running the graphics and, 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 and a, a development company on the side and, and, and so she, she was doing that and, and, and uh, we, we were very limited on what we had for income and we're driving down the hill to take my daughter to a birthday party and she wanted to go to a, a horse camp for $700. We're like, we don't have 700 bucks. And she's wearing, a, she's wearing a, a, a used North Face coat from Value Village. And she goes, well, are we poor, mom? And my wife looks at my daughter and says, no, we're not poor. We just choose to spend our money differently than maybe other people choose to spend their money. And we sat down and showed the first thing we do when the check comes in, we tithe. Because that's a value we have. It's a decision we're going to make. And, and we show them how, how it works. And, 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 and we make decisions now knowing that the outcome... I don't live for today. I live for tomorrow. I live for a greater day that's out there. I live for heaven someday when my father will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I don't know what you're living for. That's why I say all the time, our best days are ahead. Because I really believe if you have the right values, your best days are ahead. Have you written down your values? Moses chose to walk away from the temporal to look toward the eternal. Focus on things that matter the most. Number four, as I close, is choose to live by faith and not fear. I love what it says. By faith, he left Egypt. He left the life he had. He left the pleasures that he had available to him. And and, and he, he didn't fear the king's He didn't fear the king's anger. He persevered because he saw who was invisible. I want to close with this thought. Do you realize faith and fear are the same exact thing? You know what fear is? Believing in something you can't see and letting what you can't see influence you. You know what faith is? believing in what you cannot see and letting that thing you cannot see influence you. Let me ask you, what's the source of, whatever you focus on will become your source. Is it the king's anger? He's, I don't fear the king's anger. Rather, I have faith to believe in something that's invisible and my God is calling me to go and do what only he who put the destiny inside of me has called me to do. I think these are four choices that if we make them we could shape our homes, our lives, our families, and God can use us in great ways. Anyone here up for that? Anyone just say, God, I, I want to be available. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to value the right things. I want to. I want to identify and understand that that uh, to, to know who I am. I am a son or daughter of God. Not 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 allow everyone else to tell me how I should be and who I should be and who I should act like. And be driven by faith, not fear. all the Mark, aren't you concerned about our culture? Read the Bible. God's people have always lived in a culture that was antagonistic to theirs. But my God is bigger than I read the last book in my Bible. We win. Yeah, I need to pray. I need to fast. I need, but, I, but I can't can change the whole world. But I can, I, I my, my little house, my my little tribe. I have a whole lot of influence on them. And if I can change myself and my tribe and my tribe can change a couple people around them, I, I think if we all change our tribes, guess what happens? I think we can change the world. I'm crazy enough to believe that our best days, your best days, our corp are still ahead. Can I pray over you? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for for these folks. Here in the auditorium, those online that wrestling with choices, choosing you, choosing their identity, choosing to uh, 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 short-term pain for long-term gain, making decisions. They're difficult right now, but in the long-term, they're, they're beneficial. In fact, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today. You've never made a commitment to Jesus. You, haven't, you don't have faith in Jesus today. I want to pray with you. I want you to pray this prayer. Signs I pray out loud if that's you. Dear Jesus, today, I choose to put faith in you. God, help me serve you with all my heart. Help me, uh, forgive me of my sins. You died on the cross to forgive me, so please forgive me today. Please be my savior, my life leader in Jesus' name. Help me serve you the rest of my life. And Lord, I pray for this church again. Help us to be people who make choices based upon the right values. In Jesus' name, amen. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.